This is Rad Radio. It's like hanging out with your friends, but they're actually funny. Email the show anytime at rad at radradio.com. Uh, over a week ago, we had a Dr. Rob letter uh, from uh, Kristen, who uh, runs a hair salon, uh, and um, checked all the boxes, said that people tell her it's a great haircut, she's got a clean shop, she's got everything she needs, and she can't get any repeat customers, they just won't come back, and she asked, is it because I'm transgender? Obviously, we don't know, but if she was being self-aware and honest, it certainly is possible. Uh, it, it's amazing how people are so thrilled to be keyboard courageous, but they won't say something to you in person. So they'll sit there and they'll go, well, I'll, I'll let this thing, that's what they would say, cut oh, my hair. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, yeah, it did a good job, but I ain't going oh. back. It, or, or after the fact, they're not even thinking that and because people have no self-esteem or confidence or backbone. They're telling their, their girlfriends, oh, my God, I got this amazing haircut today. And you know what? She's trans. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh. I'll never go back. I'll never go back. Who knows? A lot of maggots reached out to her uh, when uh, she told us that her, her hair salon in Reno is called Cuts by Kristen on Instagram and Facebook. A couple have written in saying, it was a great haircut. I'm a, I'm I love a that. customer for life. Kristen wrote in herself. Said, hey, everyone, I just wanted to say thanks to everyone who has reached out and helped and supported me and contacted me with advice. And thanks to you all for helping so much. I've had a dozen people make scheduling appointments with me. Oh, my gosh. Yay. I tried to meet you guys at South 40 for Brian Palooza, but the end of the line sign was up, and I didn't want to hold you guys. No. Oh, we would have yeah. met you. You could have hovered. Oh, I, uh, my gosh. Got there too late, and I had an appointment with another rad listener later that day, oh. so I couldn't hang out to meet people either. I just wanted to send you a quick oh my thank you. Let's talk to Steve Mickelson, live from Las Vegas, Nevada. And mixpix.com. There's two K's in mix, two K's in picks. Mixpix.com. And the Mixpix podcast is today at 10 a.m. Steve and I will dive deeper into sports on Rad TV at members.radradio.com. You can watch and or listen live or anytime afterwards. And then tomorrow it becomes a podcast on all podcasting forums. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Steve, a couple of visits ago, we did talk briefly about uh, the uh, the F1, uh, Formula One racing was uh, was coming up there in Vegas, and you lamented being a, a Vegas <laughs> resident, uh, what they had done to the town and the traffic and everything. The event has come and gone now, and in a general sense, it did not go well. It did not get good press. Uh, it was horribly expensive. Uh, it, 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 they, for some reason, thought it was a good idea to run it at 10 p.m. local time, so people on the East Coast didn't see it. Oh, jeez. Uh, they had to cancel practice. I mean, really, it, I wouldn't say it was a disaster, but it was not what they wanted. So as a Vegas resident, do you look back on it and go, well, this wasn't worth it, and I'm just really irritated? Or what was your impression of how that went <laughs> off? A few people have asked, Joe, asked for you. I think most people view it as this wasn't worth it, and uh, hopefully it won't go on, but there are nine <laughs> more years of this. Oh, they sign a 10-year contract. Oh, you know, you, you watch the news and people, and this is just, sorry, stupidity on people's parts. They thought the race would be over and everything would be changed, like, immediately overnight. They'd wake up the next morning and the track and the stands and everything that took them six months to set up wouldn't be there. So everyone's still upset because there's road closures and everything else still going on because of the race and, and you know, the grandstands and all that. But, you know, the, the part that they aren't really saying a whole lot, and I've seen a lot of different videos, is how huge the impact, and you're going to see it in the press, how great the impact was. But I've seen videos of people walking through casinos, and the casinos are empty out along the strip. Yep. 
Uh, I watched a news spot that said they brought in something like a thousand dealers, you know, for blackjack and everything else, and they're all standing around because there's no one in there playing. They were talking to a restaurant. She said that she had up to, I think, it was six or eight hundred seating that they because they were expecting, you know, a huge crowd, and like it never materialized. So the sad part is there's a lot of businesses around the track that were, you know, everything you've read, oh, you're going to be so busy, you're going to be so busy. They all staffed up, they got ready for it, and it never materialized. So those are the people I feel the the worst for because they had to endure it, drive it to the strip every single day to go to work, staffed up for it, sunk their money into, you know, their businesses in order to be prepared and then just nothing happened. There was so. a local uh, reporter who went viral with a video. He did it on a Thursday night before the race. And if you know Vegas, you know the Strip. There's an Outback Steakhouse there. And uh, it, it had a view of the track, and, and they could do practice runs or whatever. And he was there on a Thursday night, like at 7 o'clock, when it would be, under normal circumstances, wall-to-wall people, one table. Oh. And and it's a typical Outback Steakhouse size, one oh, table. No, this is awful. It was yeah, it was a mess. Oh All right, uh, Steve, uh, 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 we haven't heard a lot in in general lately about Colorado football coach Deion Sanders and the Buffaloes. Uh, yesterday he did his weekly uh, news conference. That was just a few days after they got blown out, fifty six to fourteen. Uh, they're on a five game losing streak. They play tomorrow, or I'm sorry, Saturday. It feels like a Friday to me. They play uh, <laughs> Saturday at Utah. Um, and Dion, he's lost eight pounds. He had to battle a series of flu-like symptoms. Oh, we don't no. might be stressed, but yesterday, he declared an outlook super bright. He says that college football will never be the same after his plans in Boulder come to fruition, and that the Buffaloes will win again, like they did at the beginning of the season. Saying, "quote We put a mark on college football that will never be the same. We sold out every game. The team has gotten better. I don't know how he says that after a five-game losing streak. We have instilled hope. I guess compared to last year." Steve, overall, has he made that big of an impact? I think he has. I think he has changed college football. I think with this transfer portal, you're going to see teams start recruiting basically from other teams. And I feel sorry for the high school athlete, but unless you're one of the top in the nation, I just I don't think these top programs and the power conferences are really going to be looking at you, which is a shame because by recruiting other college players, you know what you have, you know their strengths, you know their weaknesses. And it's just going to make your team stronger where when you're recruiting a high school kid, unless he's a a standout, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know how they're going to adjust to college life, handle the academia on top of the sport. And it just becomes much more of a wild card. So I do agree with him that he has changed the sport. And I also agree because his personality, I mean, just people – you know, are drawn to them. We saw it when they were winning. Granted, they're one in seven of their last eight games. But all he has to do is put a winning product out there, and that product will continue to get better and better because he has that personality. He's put Colorado on the map. My question is, how long is he going to stay at Colorado, though? Um, there is uh, the, the big, 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 big game coming up this weekend, Steve. The uh, college football playoff rankings came out yesterday, as they do this time of year, Tuesdays. Georgia's number one, Ohio State's number two, Michigan's number three, Washington jumped to number four. We'll dive into this deeper on the Mixed Picks podcast. But the big thing is that ain't going to be what it's like next week because the game of the weekend, maybe the season, on Saturday, 9 a.m. on Fox, the Ohio State, and number three, Michigan. 
Yeah, Michigan's a three-and-a-half-point favorite right now. The winner of this game advances to the Big Ten championship game against Iowa and should make the playoffs as the number one team in the nation. Michigan has won the last two matchups, but will be without their head coach, Jim Harbaugh, who is serving the last game of his three-game suspension. This is the best Michigan team Harbaugh has had, and he has one of the top offensive lines in the country. Look for Michigan to be physical against an Ohio State team that really relies more on their speed. They do have one of the top wide receiver units in the nation, but I like Michigan to win here. And again, this shows why the rankings, until you get to that point, don't mean anything because the loser of this game is pretty much out of the playoffs. So you can count this as a college football playoff game right now because there still is five teams undefeated, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, but the loser of this game will have a loss, which means there's still four undefeated teams, and I have a hard time seeing them put a Michigan or an Ohio State who loses ahead of a Washington or an undefeated Florida State. We'll talk more about that as well uh, during the podcast at 10 a.m. on Rad TV. Like who will slide in when somebody loses? Um, Steve, what did you uh, what did you make? We're, we're going to talk about this on the podcast too as well. Uh, Tom Brady, he's out of the game for one year, and yesterday, I'm sorry, Monday, and during an interview, he says there's too much mediocrity in the NFL. He says, I quote, don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. He's one year removed. Wow. He says the coaching isn't as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. I don't think the schemes are as good as they were. And he goes on and he bemoans rule changes designed to protect players from injury. We'll really unpack that during the podcast. But in general, I see what he's saying, although the NFL is more popular than it's ever been. Where do you come down on this? I agree with him. I think we've watched this for the last you know, many seasons with the rule changes that they have before, you know, wide receivers didn't go across the middle. If you were playing a tough physical defense, because if, you know, if you got the ball out in front of the receiver a little bit and he had to go up or whatever, he was just going to get destroyed by the linebacker or, or the safety. And, you know, now you can throw across the middle because these are the defenseless receivers. So, he has those rights. I think there's a lot of truth to it. They've taken the pads off. You're only allowed to practice so many times, you know, in full gear, which then takes away from your tackling ability and everything else. It just, I agree with it. I'm a little disappointed in he's saying this like his first year or whatever after not being in the league. And I know he's kind of hinted at it, but I think this is an issue the NFL has. But again, it's the most popular it's ever been, so I don't think the NFL cares. And um, oh god, I lost my train of thought. Uh, but here's what I was thinking: one of the things people love about the podcast that Steve and I do is we aren't like any other sports talk show. We don't do like hot takes, and we don't yell at each other. And we, I can't find things that we disagree on. I mean, basically, he just said everything I'm going to say. Uh, only I'll take longer time. Yeah. Uh, when it's uh, when it's 10 a.m. Well, so why is Brady saying it now? Just because he's out? And yeah, so he can. It, it would have been like not respectful. To Who say knows? that when he was in? Yeah, or? I mean, you, you don't want to you don't want to inflame like you don't want to inflame the other team. Oh yeah, you don't think I can be tough? And th- who knows? Who knows? Uh, and he's probably gearing up for his broadcasting career next season. Let's get to our pigskin picks. <laughs> Team Don, bitches, cheats, bitches, which are posted at RadRadio.com. We do winners and losers of every NFL game, uh, no point spreads. And uh, as we head into Week 11, 
Uh, Steve Mickelson is in first place where he belongs. I know. A one-game lead over Don. A seven-game lead over me. Eight over Kyle. Nine over Brandon. Uh, for week 11, Steve and I disagree on four games. Steve and Brandon disagree on four games. Mm-hmm. Steve and Kyle disagree on five games. Yikes. And of the 16 games this weekend, Steve and Don disagree on half of them. What? Eight, <laughs> which oh, is very God, similar to last weekend when down. you split the difference and you only lost by one game. Okay, maybe. Uh, all right, Steve. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to do all three of the big games tomorrow uh, on Thanksgiving uh, as the uh, Green Bay Packers for the uh, 930 game are at your Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are a seven and a half point favorite. The Packers escaped with a win Yay. last week against the Chargers. Yay. Quarterback Jordan Love finally had a big game. He threw for over 300 yards in the win, as he has struggled, though, with his accuracy for most of the season. Green Bay's offense has struggled, but is going up against the Lions defense that has not been good the last few weeks. The Packers defense has been decent versus the pass but has really struggled to stop the run. Detroit will look to capitalize on their comeback win last week, having scored 17 points in the last three minutes to steal the win. Quarterback Jared Goff leads an offense that is scoring over 27 points per game and is second in the league in yards per game gained. Look for the Lions to try to be physical against the Packers, establish the run early and often. The hope is Detroit's defense can put pressure on Love and force some mistakes. But I have the Lions, and I will tell you right now, I like the Lions to win this game big. They will be one of my picks that I post. Um, now, Steve, when we talked to you on Monday, it was the most optimistic I've ever heard you about the, the Detroit Lions. Uh, they're 8-2 and two at this point in the season for the first time in your lifetime. And are you are you are you riding this wave? Because I, I we're going to talk more about this on the podcast as well. It, what you just said sounds like the answer is yes. Is this a picture score game for uh, for Detroit? I think it should be. They they have the home crowd there. It's you know national TV. They're at home. I, I just I think the Lions. I'd be disappointed if they won by less than double digits. Uh, by the way, everybody on the pigskin picking panel, all of us have all of the same results tomorrow. So tomorrow will affect nothing oh. uh, in the stands. We can all just celebrate Thanksgiving Yay. in peace. Uh, so that's the uh, that's the 9 a.m. game. Uh, I think it's on Fox 9:30 actually. Uh, oh, and then early? the uh, yeah, just like every Thanksgiving it starts early. Yeah, the pregame show starts at six. <laughs> Oh, dear God. Uh, I thought I was going to have that time alone downstairs. Uh, then uh, uh. at uh, at 1.30, Steve, uh, the Washington Commanders are at the Dallas Cowboys. Right now the Cowboys are a 12-and-a-half-point oh, favorite. Damn. Washington has lost two straight for their last five games. The surprising thing is quarterback Sam Howell leads the NFL in pass attempts, <laughs> and as they pass on almost 70% of their plays, as their rush attack has been virtually invisible this season, the Commanders traded away two of their top defensive players as they are last in the league in points given up, giving up almost 28 points per game. The Cowboys have won two straight games and seem to specialize in beating up these bad teams. Dallas has returned to a top-five offense again as quarterback Dak Prescott is having a fine season. The rushing game is not what it used to be, but that hasn't slowed the offense down at all. The defense has overcome some key injuries and are playing solid as they are still a top-five defense. Another game Dallas can name the final score. You see the 12-and-a-half. So, you know, I would look towards a divisional game, keep it close. 
It's just Dallas really likes to destroy these poor opponents to make them look like a better team than I believe they actually are. Yeah, we alluded to this on Monday. I, you, you said a similar thing. The, the, the Cowboys have become – they're making a living – off of beating bad teams, and we're not going to learn anything tomorrow because Washington had, like, what, a two-week span where people were thinking, hey, they, they might actually have some hope, and now nobody thinks that. And and we're not going to know if Dallas is for real until I don't have their schedule in front of me until they play a real team again, right? Yeah, correct. They, they, they just do an outstanding job beating up these really bad teams, which is what you're supposed to do, you know. But outside of the Cardinals' loss, which, you know, there is the exception there, which they took lightly, but I think they learned their lesson. And I don't think they'll ease up. Again, national game, America's team, Thanksgiving Day. But no reason to believe that Cowboys are going to take their foot off the pedal. A week from today, they host Seattle. But I think the real test, obviously, will be uh, Sunday, December 10th, when they host the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and then we've got the uh, third NFL game, which they added, what, about a decade ago, 5:20. The San Francisco 49ers are at the Seattle Seahawks. Right now, the 49ers are a seven-point favorite. This is a battle for first place in the NFC West. San Francisco has won two straight after their three-game losing streak. Quarterback Brock Purdy had a perfect quarterback rating last week as the Niners established themselves as the best team in the NFL. The Niners' defensive line will look to pressure the quarterback, but there is an injury safety. Hufenga was lost to an injury for the remainder of the season, Uh and I really hope that doesn't affect the 49ers' defense too much. Seattle, with a disappointing showing last week in their loss to the Rams, if they want to win the division, they need to win on Thanksgiving and not find ways to lose to teams they shouldn't lose to. Quarterback Geno Smith is having a fine season, although he injured his elbow in the last game. And it will be interesting to see if he plays, and if he does, how effective he will be. Add in wide receiver DK Metcalf and running back Kenneth Walker are also listed as questionable for this game. So Seattle has some key injuries on their team that even if they play, will not be healthy. I like the the Niners, even with the Seahawks healthy, but the Seahawks are not healthy in this game. So I like the Niners to win. <laughs> uh, so that'll take care of the, uh, the Thanksgiving game, Steve. Now we're going to dive more into uh, the 49ers because you have said all year long. I'm sorry. We're going to dive more into the podcast at 10 a.m. But I don't know on Rad TV. You've said all year long. If the Niners stay healthy, they're going to the Super Bowl. How big of an injury is uh, their safety going down for the rest of the year? I, I think it hurts that defense. They've addressed it by beefing up that. Defensive line, though, bringing in Chase Young. Again, if you're not able to cover people, get to the quarterback quickly and put the pressure on the quarterback. So I don't think it will affect them as much as some other teams. But, again, I mean, you're losing an all-pro safety, and, you know, those are tough to come by. The uh, the Kansas City Chiefs lost the Kelsey Bowl on Monday to the uh, Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. So uh, can they get right this weekend because they are at the Raiders? Right now, the Chiefs are a nine-point favorite. Kansas City has lost two of their last three games after that loss to the Eagles. The Chiefs have really struggled to score in the second half, especially the last month. Their defense is playing well, as they have in the past seven several seasons. It's the offense which has been struggling, as I believe they really need a wide receiver or two to step up and be reliable and consistent. 
Las Vegas needs to continue to play with the emotion they have shown since their change in head coach. Even though they lost to the Dolphins, they played well. The Raiders seem to have found somewhat of a running game that was missing for most of the start of the season. And Aiden O'Connell, he's been an adequate backup at quarterback for this team. Max Crosby is having another great season and will need to pressure Mahomes and not allow him to get comfortable in the pocket. A lot of asks for the Raiders here. They could keep the game close. I just think the Chiefs at a certain point have to step up big, have to show they can score, especially in the second half, and uh, just hope the Raiders show up and can keep it close. So the game on paper, speaking of teams that have to step up and show they're for real, are both of these teams. The, the, the Eagles have the best record in the NFL, but not everybody believes they're playing to the potential, including a lot of players on the team. And the Bills are going the wrong way. So the big game I see on paper, Steve, Sunday, is the Buffalo Bills at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are a three-point favorite. Everyone has buried the Bills, but if they find a way to win all three of their upcoming games, they've hit the hard part of their schedule. The Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, they will be back by many experts as one of the top teams in the league. But Buffalo, they must find a way to run the ball consistently. Quarterback Josh Allen must stop turning the ball over, especially in the red zone. The defense must find a way to stop the run. Everyone, especially this week, will be running up the middle as the Bills have not been able to stop this due to the number of injuries the defense has suffered. For the Eagles, it was a big win in Kansas City. Now they need another big win at home against the Bills. Philadelphia has one of the top rushing attacks in the league and will really test the Bills' run defense. The Eagles feature one of the best balanced offenses in the league. Even though they have seemed out of sync, as you mentioned, Rob, on occasion, this season they still find ways to win as they're sitting at 9-1. and one. Add in a pretty good defense, and this Eagles team is going to be hard to beat. Everybody has the Eagles winning except for Brandon. Is there any reason for this, Brandon? You're sitting in last place nine games behind. you got to make some flyers. Yeah, it might be a Hail Mary, but it could also be that I'm just copying off a uh, website that, that gives professional picks. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the honesty. That's uh, great. Steve, I will talk to you in just about an hour for the Mixed Picks podcast. Thank you. Uh, that well, is Steve Mickelson from uh, Mixed Picks. That's 2Ks in Mix, 2Ks in Picks, Mixed Picks. Uh, dot, uh, com. And you can see our pigskin picks. Team Dom Bitches. Bitches. At radradio.com. The Mixed Picks podcast, one hour from now, 10 a.m. on Rad TV. You can watch it or listen to it live on members.radradio.com or anytime after. And it becomes a podcast on all podcasting platforms tomorrow. We're going to play Treble Trouble right now. we got a $100 Visa gift card. We'll play a three second song clip. You give us the title and you win. Caller 18 guesses first, then 19, then 20. And if nobody knows the song title. <laughs> Droplets everywhere and no winner. We need a winner. 888-989-9811 for trouble. Trouble. Rob. Anybody. And Dawn. The Rob. Anybody. And Dawn Show.